This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Good morning, Melbourne. Good morning, the rest of the world. Hopefully you're having as great a day as me in Melbourne town. Di, what's taking your fancy this week? I was going to say, you're so vibrant today, Beefy. I'm vibrant all the time. What's taking my fancy? Well, we've got the kickboxing on this evening, I believe. <laughs> We're going straight into that. Wow, yes. St. Kilda Town Hall. Do you know what, I When I was going through the list of what sporting events are going on this afternoon or this weekend in Melbourne, I have never seen such a diverse weekend and such a diverse array of sports available to people like me, the sports fanatic. We will be delving into them a little bit later in the program. We'll let you know what's going on around Melbourne. But I've got to say, kickboxing, I went and saw that in Koh Samui quite a few years oh, ago. Oh, did you? Quite a violent sport. Uh, yes. <laughs> Not denying that. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I actually saw it down at the Chelsea Heights Hotel, weirdly enough. Is that right? Yeah. It was packed. Like, they draw big crowds. Crazy. Even the Mai Tai side of things. I know there's kickboxing and different variations, but uh, yeah, no, they get well into it. Much more violent than mar- mixed martial arts. It looks like uh, kids uh, play in comparison. No, I don't know. Well, we can't really say more violent. The problem is the kickboxing goes on. It's a longer fight. Obviously, mixed martial arts is short, sharp, you know, but shocking. they were taking these guys out. These are one yeah, yeah. Like guys that have passed out on the floor. It was funny, though, because, I mean, you know, you have different rules in countries like Koh Samui. I don't know if you've been to Thailand. No. Nope. So they have this truck that goes around and it plays on the megaphone, we will rock you by Queen to get people's attention. All right. But it's a really bad speaker. It's like, <laughs> and it's really muffled and, you know, you're trying to sit on the beach and relax. Yeah. And they're advertising, come tonight, come tonight, come to check out the spot. And uh, once you get in there, it's really funny because, you know, people can smoke in there. Uh. Well. It's just very old-fashioned, I suppose. But uh, it's it's a very interesting, very, very violent sport, definitely. I mean, they'd be very much a bit more uh, traditional and the, the ceremony, the pomp and circumstance, so to speak. They'd be quite into it in Thailand, wouldn't they, especially Kosamo? Don't really remember the ceremony. Ah. Violence, whether there was much. There was no elephants, I'll tell you that much. What, in the ring? No, no. unfortunately not. See, I've been to the sumo in Japan. Oh, yeah. And that is very much pomp and circumstance and ceremonial. And, you know, every fight takes between 10 and 15 minutes to run in full, but mm. the fight itself lasts five seconds. Are these guys very slow moving? Uh, yeah, generally. But, I mean, it's just the whole dressing each other and throw yeah. the rice in the in the ring and goes on and on and on. Do, and it's, do it's, you know what the rice is for? No. Bit of are a you, snack. Are you going to tell me? No, a bit of a snack. But uh, <laughs> no, they it's, look like... I think they're giving a, uh, a gift to the gods to help them out. That's really nice. It, they look like giant babies. Yeah, in their big nappies. Have you ever done sumo? <laughs> Only. I've dressed up in those suits you do at uh, Bucks Nights and things like that. What, you dress up in a giant nappy in the, or a suit? You, know, they, you dress up in those big suits and you, you basically fight on people. But as soon as you get knocked over, you can't get up, see? Oh, I, the, oh I've done the suit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we got loads coming up. We're also going to be chatting to Sean. Cosgrove. We're going to be talking about yeah, racing. A bit of reflection on uh, the racing season this year, the Spring Carnival and things like that. It's interesting talking to Sean because obviously he's based up in Sydney and uh, it's a real Sydney versus Melbourne vibe about horse racing nowadays and uh, I reckon Sean's 
played a bit coy. Yeah. Well, uh, also Holly Furling. Yes, from she, the Melbourne Stars. She'll be joining us. And, of course, we've got the WBBL t- uh, this after. Well, this morning. Well, this morning. 10:30. Starts at 10.40, I believe, the start over at Junction Oval or City Power Energy, whatever it's called nowadays. They've renamed it. Uh, it is the derby today, by the way. Melbourne Stars versus Melbourne Renegades in the WBBL. So if you're looking for something to do this afternoon, you fancy a bit of cricket, get down and see Holly Furling and the Stars mm-hmm. to go and uh, cheer them on. It's a doubleheader for the Stars as well this weekend. See, I keep telling you, all these sports, doubleheader of cricket. Uh, the Sheffield Shield's on at the MCG, by the way, as well, Victoria Plain. But the Stars take on the Brisbane Heat tomorrow at three o'clock. But before that, they have to dispose of the renegades. And uh, I was going to say, if you want to cool down, but the weather's so cold at the moment. But if, if you're finding it a little bit hot over summer, weeks to come, yeah. months to come, who knows, you can always cool down and go to O'Brien Ice House. They've got loads of stuff going on there. We'll find out more. We'll chat to the general manager. He'll join us a little bit later this morning on the bucket list. You know, Beefy, when you're travelling, you never know what's going to happen with the currency market. The currency can fluctuate up or down. That's why it's good to find out more about Travel Money Oz. Yeah, it doesn't matter how skilled you are or how many times you've exchanged before, there is no foolproof way to get the best exchange rate. Ah, unless, of course, you take out Travel Money Oz's rate move guarantee because they can give you that. Winner, winner. One less thing you have to worry about when you're travelling. You can give them a call on 1300 426 997. That's 1300 426 997. Or you can just jump on their internet site, www.travelmoneyoz.com. That's travelmoneyoz.com. And this morning we're chatting to Daniel Ciccone from Sportsnet Holidays and coming up we've got the NRL Nines Perth 2020. That is happening at HBF Park. Now, Daniel, this one used to be in Auckland, didn't it, to kick off the season? Obviously, you've gone across to Perth. Beefy, it did. It was brilliant in Auckland and uh, we're hoping that it's going to be equally as good in Perth. It's in February. What are the actual dates of the event? So it's going to be on Saturday the 14th and Sunday the 15th of February, uh, right in the heart of summer. So great time to be in Perth and a great time to see some nines action. Where are most of the guests travelling from? So being a, a, a rugby league event, the majority are coming from Australia and New Zealand, popular from, from all around Australia and, and from all over New Zealand. This is a, a, a really great one. Talk us through nines. Yeah, so it's a, it's a two-day summer festival of footy. The nines makes its return, as you mentioned, for the first time since Auckland. It's a unique opportunity to see all 16 NRL clubs plus four NRLW teams over the course of the weekend. Uh, there's four pools in the men's competition, up to 25 matches, uh, nine players per side, hence the nines, uh, nine on the field, four on the bench, uh, over 300 players, which is great. And the exciting thing is there's a million dollars in prize money on offer, which hopefully means that the best of the best want to come to play, which they did in Auckland. Unlimited substitutions, 15-minute matches, no halftime breaks, you know, and, and there's things like each half starts with a place kick. After a score, the team that had points scored against them restarts with a tap start from the halfway line. Five minutes suspensions for misconduct. <laughs> and the best thing about it all is it's fast and high scoring. So it's it's just exciting. And what travel packages do you have on offer? Dina, we have some great packages. So three night packages, including uh, either four or five star accommodation in the heart of Perth, two day category two uh, reserve seating ticket uh, with the ability to upgrade to, to category one. The best tickets for only $55. We include some official NRL 9s Perth merchandise. Plus we throw in a sports set cap. But, you know, there's obviously going to be some sun there in Perth in February, so uh, we'll protect people's faces with it with a cap thrown in as well. Great packages, great value for money, and what a great opportunity to, to see some nines and, and see some of, of Perth as well. I think 
the uh, the one good thing about this is being at HPF Stadium, the old Perth Glory and the Western Force, they play there. It's quite an intimate stadium, so it's a good opportunity to get up close and personal with the players too. It really is. Uh, 20,500 people capacity, so it is relatively small, but the atmosphere, you know, if you ever watch any of the A-League games, the atmosphere is always fantastic, and you've uh, hit the nail on the head. The viewing from every seat is absolutely brilliant, so you can't go wrong. So, Daniel, why would you book through Sportsnet holidays? Dino, am I allowed to say official? Yes. Uh, I am. Everything is official. You know, the, the packages are just fantastic value for money. Everything I mentioned before, the three nights accommodation uh, starts from $465 per person. You can't go wrong. The stadium, as we mentioned, is small. The expectation is tickets will be hard to come by. We have them. And, and all the things we speak about often, that we're a one-stop shop, we're Australian-owned, we've been around 21 years, and, you know, we'll make sure that, you know, you get some real personalised service. If you give our office a call, uh, you'll have the same person helping you from start all the way to the finish. Now, if you want to do your rugby league travel through Sports and Hollows, they do the State of Origin, they do the Internationals, they do the Rugby League World Cup Nines, they're now doing the NRL Nines as well. Any rugby league event, please contact Sports hollows everything's official you get your tickets you get your travel you get your accommodation you get your transfers you cannot ask better than a one-stop shop and these are what these guys offer if you want to get involved with the rugby league nines in perth it's in february 2020 please give them a call 1300 888 that's 1300 or jump on their internet site www.sportsnetholidays.com that is sportsnetholidays.com You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Beefy, if I'm going to talk about a sport that's been around for about 2,000 years and, you know, we're talking about places that compete big time, big professional, you know, countries like the Miami Club. I won't say what club they are. There's even a designer that designs their clothes. Oh, yeah. Can you guess who it is? Or what it is. Yeah. Is it Mr. Tiddlywinks? That's it. The yeah. polo. I've got his jeans on, by the way. Do you? <laughs> yeah. You're a weird, Mr. Tiddlywinks. You're a very weird, strange man. Miami Polo Club, Polo Lounge. Of course, Ralph Lauren has got a whole range of yes. polo gear that we know all about. There's a, there's a few rip-offs. If you've just been in the States, did you see the uh, the US Polo Association rip-off kind of clothing range? No. That's a big thing, yeah, because the, the, they got pulled up for their logo being very similar to the old Ralph Lauren Polo logo as well. But that's all around the world with every brand. True. You know, No, I didn't see that at all. Yeah, it's a big thing in the States. US yeah. Polo Association, yeah. Well, uh, that's on today. The polo. I mean, uh, what a fantastic sport that is. Yeah, possibly. I've been to a few polo events. People love it. They like to be seen at the polo. It's posh. You drink your champers, drink your pims. You know, it's not a real sport. Let's be honest. Oh, Beefy, you disappoint me. You've been to the snow polo. I have, yeah. went to the snow polo in Austria. It was brilliant. So why is that brilliant in comparison? It was on snow. Indeed. Horses on snow. What's not to like? But that's not a sport, as you were saying, because it's polo. It's not a sport, but it's on today. It is. Down at Albert Park. Polo in the city. It's your chance to check out the polo. If you've never been before, go along. It's worth seeing at least once. After you've talked everybody out of it. Uh, also, the Australian Open wakeboarding's on today. I've got to ask you, what is wakeboarding? Well, wakeboarding's like water skiing, and it's uh, like the single ski, but it's a lot wider. You can do a lot more tricks. It's basically, you're getting towed behind a ski boat, and yeah, yeah. the waves, that the, they actually use a different boat than they do for water skiing. Yeah. So the waves the boat creates 
you actually do tricks, proper full-on double flips and everything off the waves itself. Hence why you're actually kind of skiing through the wake, hence wakeboarding. But what's sporty about it? Oh, they do flips. It's freestyle. Oh, they so, do flips. Yeah, they do everything. They do a lot of uh, tricks and everything else. It's uh, Yeah, no, it's pretty spectacular. Obviously, during Moomba, it's one of the biggest wakeboarding events in the world, gets held during Moomba on the era. Have you done wakeboarding? Do you know what? I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I've never even done water skiing. I've not wow. even ventured into that uh, realm. So wakeboarding, I, I gather that's popular all around the world. Yes. Uh, the Aussies are pretty good at it, by all accounts. I gather the Americans would be quite good at that yeah, too. I can see that as a Californian sport. Yes, definitely, or Flor- Floridian. So it's the Australian Open wakeboarding down at Footscray Park on the Maribyrnong River today. Mm. It's probably already started, I think, depending on the weather, but it will run through till about five-ish. So uh, in terms of that, get down. If you've never seen wakeboarding before, Get down to the Maribyrnong River. Have you ever done rowing? Yes, once. Okay. Not for me. Was it? It's well, a hard sport. Well, it's the only sport you can win by going backwards. And also on top of that, what do they get up five in the morning to practice every oh, day? Oh, yeah, because the traffic on the river. So it's the biggest rowing event in Australia today on the Yarra. So if you are going past anywhere between like Fed Square and the Hawthorne Rail Bridge, mm. it, this is an eight-kilometre course eight kilometres in a rowing boat. Uh, basically, there's 700 crews from all over Australia. It, it will be going all day. 2,500 competing athletes. That's a lot of athletes, isn't that it? That is. It's huge. I've just driven past uh, down by, um, oh, what's the park called? Right by uh, Hamer Hall down there. Can't remember where all the rowing clubs are. You should know it, Di. Uh, basically, so the time trials will kick off from 9am. But yeah, it's absolutely huge. So you will see a lot of rowing on the Yarra today. I was going to say, for 2,500 people competing, that would be a lot of boats. There's boats everywhere. Yeah. Like I said, I just drove past the park and there are boats as far as the eye can see. It is spectacular. Now, I always said if I was going to ride, be the cox, I can just sit there and oh, scream out. You've got the right size to be a right. cox, yeah. And the amount of laziness. But they say that the cox has an important role to motivate the crew to maintain rhythm and race speed and, over the gruelling 8K winding course. And yeah. keep the boat straight. They have to steer them. I listen to this as well. 11. They've got to navigate through 11 bridges. They do. They absolutely do. It's a huge course. Normally, rowing events in the Olympics are normally over 2,000 metres, 2K. This yeah. event is 8 kilometres. This is wow. pushing the rowers' endurance. And obviously, it's one of the hardest sports as well in terms of aerobic capacity. So Aer- it's uh, it actually aerobic, yes. Uh, it might be anaerobic, actually. Anyway, I don't know the difference. I used to be a professional sportsman as well. But you never ran? No, but I, I exuded energy. You exuded the energy <laughs> hitting the ball being a cricketer. You just yeah. hit the ball and, as you said, spend all your time in the pub. That's an unfounded rumour, Di, that I used to spend a lot of time in the pub. I was great in the bar. I really was. But we're talking sport. We're talking about events that are on around Melbourne today. There is... There's the PBR, there's the pro bull riding tonight. Oh, tell me about the bull riding. Well, it's eight seconds. You must have seen the film, eight seconds. No, I haven't Sports seen film, die. Mm-hmm. Um, so bull riding, there's rodeo on it. Uh, is it Margaret Court or High Sense Arena? Anyway, down there or Melbourne Arena, it's there. There's the Supercross, the motocross is on at Etihad Marvel Stadium tonight. There's Rebellion Mai Tai. You've just mentioned St Kilda Town Hall. There's the Polo in Albert City in Albert Park. There is the WBBL today and tomorrow uh, at Junction Oval. The Australian Open wakeboarding is on. The Victorian Premier League Grand Final in tennis is on at Mount Waverley from 12.30 today. The men's and the women's matches. The uh, uh, Vic Bowl, the gridiron, the American football in Victoria is its semi-final stage. That is down at Henry Turner Memorial Reserve down in Footscray. That'd be fun. 
Yeah. It's the Australian Gateball Championships die. What, what is Gateball, Beefy? Gateball is kind of a cross between golf and croquet. It's an amazing, weird sport. Uh, but it's down at Cairnley if you want to see Gateball for the first time. Baseball. The Melbourne Aces are, hold, are hosting the New Zealand Duitara over at Laverton. They've played the first game last night. Mm-hmm. Second game is this afternoon. And the third game is Sunday. Uh, what else is on? Inline speed skating. It's a Southern Cross competition. Eltham Speed Skating Club. What else is on? The Carmen's Women's Fun Run, supporting Breast Cancer Network. Uh, that's uh, at Katani Garden, St Kilda, tomorrow morning. The A-League, obviously Melbourne Victory were playing last night here. Western United are home against Sydney FC, 4pm kickoff at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong. That's just in Melbourne, Die. Don't forget as well, the Rowan Regatta we've just talked about, 700 crews from all over Australia, 2,500 athletes. And the Australian Figure Skating Championships kicks off today at the Ice House. We're going to talk to Lee Gordon a bit later about that. But this just in Melbourne this weekend. We are not the sporting capital of the world for nothing, die. That's just one weekend. It is indeed on the bucket list. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? They all do. My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of their friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au and it's all free! You're listening to The Bucket List. All right, good morning. You're on the bucket list with me, Beefy, the world's biggest sports fan, and Diana Simons. And uh, we're going to interview someone that's quite close to my heart. I'm, obviously, I'm an international cricketer of uh, very low repute. <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk to Holly Furling, who's currently plying her trade in the WBBL with the Melbourne Stars. Good morning, Holly. How are you? Hello, Holly. Morning, guys. How are you? Great. Very good. Now, you're playing with the Stars. You're from Queensland. How are you finding Melbourne life? I love the lifestyle, in all honesty. I love the cafes and the coffee and everything. The only beef that I have with Melbourne, though, is your weather. <laughs> it is just too cold for me, particularly this time of year. It's just singlets and songs and shorts and everything at this time of year, but being rugged up in three jumpers isn't awesome. Now, you're from Kingaroy up in Queensland. It's, uh, you know, Matthew Hayden country up there. How did you get involved playing cricket? Uh, I kind of it in all honesty. I, uh, I started played touch football and a lot of netball and um, it was just so happened that a girl at touch footy one night asked me to come trial for a, a cricket team the next day. It was an all girls team um, and then kind of went through that team, went to the next trials and um, sure enough found myself in an under 12 Queensland team within two months. Wow. So I was um, I was very very lucky. My my brother provided plenty of, of practice. That's for sure. I was always in the backyard bowling, but all of a sudden had a bit more incentive to bowl a little bit faster at him and try and get him out as many times as I could. Now I'm just reading this little story. This we've got a footnote about you about you making your debut in men's cricket at the age of 14, but then taking a hat trick with the first three balls you actually delivered. Now that must have been you must have thought cricket. Oh, it's bloody easy. This. <laughs> Well, everyone was saying that I should have just retired right then and there, but um, no, it, it was actually quite funny. The captain, um, who was actually my PE teacher in primary school, typical country town, everyone's affiliated everywhere, had actually been pestering mum and dad for ages to, to get me to come down and, and play a game, and um, eventually mum and dad said yes, and they both expected me to just field, not bowl or bat or anything, and they were both not there. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> 
mum was at the shops and had a, a lady come up to her and, and tell her that I'd taken a hat trick and um, I think dad was working out on the property. So no, they, they missed my, my feat of um, four wickets in my first over of men's cricket and, and then I think they've, they've tried to make every game since. <laughs> Quite special. Now you've played obviously test cricket for Australia, you've played one day as you've played 2020s for Australia as well. What's your favourite form of the game? I find this one really, really hard to answer in all honesty because tests are really so special to us because we don't get to play that many of them and I, I love the, the momentum um, and how much it can change and it can be just one ball, one fielding effort can, can really change the game. Um, as a bowler, I, I love to bowl a lot of overs at batters so test cricket is, is right up there but at the same time though, the way that the big bash is going and the vehicle that, that T20 cricket is for women's cricket and seeing how much it's changed our game and, and changed the way that that we play the game. Um, it's really exciting to see it. You're a right arm, fast, medium-paced bowler. Beef used to bowl as well. I wonder how Beefy would go against you in a, up in a match. Yeah, well, well I, did, I, I can't bat, so he'd probably get me out, <laughs> with no doubt. Um, <laughs> like, you are playing cricket. You're not going to turn around and go into tennis, are you? No, Ash no. Barty Ash Barty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to do Ash Barty, but um, it, it was actually pretty cool to, to have played alongside her up in Brisbane. She, my first impression of her was that She's a, a team sport player stuck in an individual sport and she she's such a legend. We had a team bonding camp. We had to carry one of our teammates through this mud pit and she was the first person in to, to do that. <laughs> so she, she everything that you see about her in the media and, and how you, you see her come across, it's her. She is so authentic and so genuine. Now you're up in Melbourne not loving the weather but uh, loving the food because you're an, actually an athlete. Is there anything that your coach won't let you eat or do you have to <laughs> be careful around some of the buffets and the hotels and down Chapel Street? <laughs> I um I like to think everything in moderation. Um, I I'm a country girl as well, taught to always eat everything on my plate. So I tell you what, all the uh, the feed me options at all the restaurants are quite tempting. <laughs> Holly, you are a trailblazer, and you're playing today at ten forty against your rivals, Melbourne Renegades, and also Sunday against Brisbane Heat at three pm. This is both at City Power Centre in St Kilda, and of course you can still get tickets for this too, can't you? you definitely can. It's it's really exciting this year. A few of our games have been ticketed, so I think it just shows that the value of of the game, and I guess the excitement is building around our game. So you want to get in quick. You want to make sure that you book your tickets. But if you don't have a ticket, still arrive. And and still be still be prepared to play at the gate. But it's going to be a wonderful weekend. These festival weekends really do showcase so many teams and so many talented girls, both homegrown and also international as well. So it's a really exciting weekend to be a part of. Absolutely. You can also join Team Green and grab your Melbourne Stars membership today. Get on gostars.com.au or call 1300 635 278. Now, Holly. Our show is called The Bucket List. You are an international sportswoman. You have been all around the world playing cricket. What sporting events or what other sports be, when you retire, I'm not going to say now, when you retire, 20, 30 years away from now, what sports events are you desperate to go and see? and at the MCG. I kicked off one this year, a third one, which was to go to the Melbourne Cup, which was absolutely amazing. But the two would be an AFL Grand Final and a Boxing Day Test. Yeah. Well, now you've moved to Melbourne. Have, uh, have the locals been forcing you to get behind an AFL team? Oh, look, being a, a Brisbane girl and the way that the lines went this year, I've got to say, I've got to get on the bandwagon there. I tell you what, the gavel was absolutely pumping earlier this year. I haven't seen so many line scarves in oh, a good 10 years. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> since the last time we won the Premiership. So um, it's good to see that the local guy is going well and um, I think there's going to be a, a few more memberships. Well, Holly, we thank you for your time this morning. We hope you have an absolutely fantastic weekend. Good luck. We kick off in about, well, an hour's time. So, and then you've got today and then tomorrow against your old rivals, the uh, the Brisbane Heat. But we wish you all the best for the weekend and the rest of the season and hopefully we'll get you in that 2020 World Cup side next year. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. Holly Furling on the bucket list. That's funny. I was just thinking, you know, Pamela Anderson, you know how she shot to fame? Oh, no. She got a start. She was actually discovered at a British Columbia Lions football game. Her image oh. was shown on the stadium screen. The The fans went absolutely wild. God knows what she was wearing at the time. And she was brought down to the fa- to the, the football field and then she got signed to a beer co- a commercial. Yeah, that's right. I do remember that beer commercial. Yeah. Was, that, was, was she be pre-enhancement? Not quite sure. Yeah. There was she some She would have been time. quite young then. She actually looked quite good pre-enhancement too. Uh, and obviously then Baywatch, the famous red swimsuit. Can you run in slow motion? I permanently run in slow I always, motion. <laughs> I always run in slow motion too. Yeah. You could be on Baywatch. Ah, you know, well, David Hasselhoff, yeah. you know, he's married a Welsh girl and he's, really? he lives in Wales for a couple of months a year now. And he he comes on the Welsh TV cheering on the Welsh rugby team and everything. It's very funny. He's got such a great sense of humour. No, he's a good lad. He loves his uh, loves his Welsh history and everything. Now he's really embraced the culture. It's very funny. Is there much surf in Wales? Oh, it's the best surf in the world, Di. Just nobody gets in the water. It's too cold. <laughs> it's ice. Can you surf on ice? What about the bog peats? Can you surf the on peat ice? Bogs? No, there's no, not really many many waves in the peat bogs. But in all seriousness, they built one of those uh, surf parks up in the uh, in the Snowdonia National Park up in the mountains there. You'd only be able to use it for about a month a year, and that would be in a dry suit. You'd have to rug up underneath there. <laughs> like, I don't you know, know why. They... The water there's even too cold for the sharks. Oh, de- definitely. And the so... crocodiles. You get many crocodiles in Wales? No, just dragons. <laughs> you don't have your own Loch Ness monster, do you? No, we've got dragon farms. We're, Dra- we're dragon what? Dragon farms. Dragon we're the only farms. country on earth that can make dragons. We actually oh. have dragon farms. Where did Game of Thrones get their dragons from? They get them from Wales. Of course they do. Now, Pamela Anderson, back to her, you know, what would the world be if there wasn't a Pamela Anderson? She actually cancelled. Listen to this. She was had, she had a meeting mm. in Parliament during the week. She was supposed to turn up Which on Thursday. Which Parliament, though? I think it was actually South Australian Parliament. Oh, Parliament. here in Australia? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was invited by the South Australians, right? And uh, she didn't turn up. The reason is because of a clash. What happens was the same day, there was actually three Miss World Australians who turned up to promote. Now, this is not a joke, Beefy. They turned up to promote world peace. Of course, it's (laughs) the old adage. What do you wish for when when you're going to become Miss Universe? I wish for world World peace. peace. But what happened was she was actually going to turn up there because she was going to give Scott Morrison a speech yeah. On helping her good friend Julian Assange get out of jail. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they were seeing each other in the embassy, weren't they? Now, what's going on with that? Well, he's apparently very sick at the minute, the old Assange. This is Not the guy doing that too was well. flinging feces on the, 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 on the wall. Yeah, and doing his skateboarding stuff. Well, she had a whole speech she was going to talk about, including Terminator-style intelligence and how we have to be very wary. Wow. Ooh, yeah, about she's... artificial intelligence. She sees it as a massive threat. Do you? Do you th- it's funny how uh, Pamela Anderson is threatened by artificial intelligence. <laughs> I was going to say the same <laughs> joke. I really, really was. Good on Pamela. I didn't realise she was in Australia. It seems like Slim Pickens is hanging. She's uh, dating Julian Assange. Um, I'm not sure she is dating Tommy him Lee. anymore. After uh, Tommy, Tommy Lee <laughs> and Kid Rock. Oh Lord! I said she's just gone down, hasn't she? She has. Always good to talk to the sales and operations leader of Travel Money, Oz Shane Stebb. Good morning, Shane. How are you? 
Good morning, Beefy. Well, how are you? Not too bad at all. Now, many people this time of year, especially looking to travel all over the world, how are you seeing the trends in travellers of different age groups? Yeah, we can definitely see that the 54-plus market is travelling more than ever, uh, where the 18-plus age group is definitely travelling but being more savvy on their airfares. But they definitely do all spend the same amount of money while they're in the destination, and that's largely because the budget that you need while you're on your holiday is dictated by the destination that you're in to cover your food, your shopping, your transport. Yeah, of course. And uh, when you're travelling when you're young, <laughs> you're desperate to save as much money as you can. So uh, how do travellers know how much they need to take with them? So on TravelMoneyOz.com, we have a free budget planner. So you can put food, drinks, shopping, transport, how many days you're going, how many people are travelling, and we'll be able to tell you uh, how much roughly you should be taking, and um, whether that be on cash or whether that be on a card. Um, you can also come and see us in store and we can do the same thing with you. No, that sounds excellent. That's, uh, as a young traveller myself, I went to a fair bit of travelling when I was a youngster. I wouldn't have known where to start with that. So any budgeting tool will always help. Now, Christmas is approaching. How can Travel Money Oz help assist our listeners with their travel money needs? Yeah, well, we always charge no fees and commission on our cash and on our prepaid card. Um, we have a best price guarantee, which means if there's a better price out there, we do guarantee to beat it. Everyone watching their dollars at this time of year, so we want to make sure that we can give people the best deal. Um, but really exciting to share that we've just launched a new product. Uh, we've launched the Corjo Overseas Travel Adapters and Card Defenders at a really competitive price, so our customers can come in and make sure that they've got their cash, they've got their car, they've got their adapters, everything they need to make sure they're ready for their Christmas trip. Wow, you guys are really becoming the one-stop shop for travellers. Absolutely brilliant. Shane, thank you for that. We do look forward to talking to you again. Give us more travel tips, and don't forget, Travel Money Oz do offer you the rate move guarantee. If the currency fluctuates and they change in your favour, Travel Money Oz will refund the difference within two weeks. That is such a great offer. Shane, what's happening this weekend? Not much this weekend. Just a very quiet weekend in the lead up to Christmas. I think I better start that Christmas shopping, actually. I should probably get onto that. Now's the time, well, mate. Have a great weekend and we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thanks for having me. Remember, you can purchase your travel card online. So, jump onto TravelMoneyOz.com That's TravelMoneyOZ.com They have the store locator. Give them a call. 1-300-426-997 one it's a bucket list this morning. We're chatting to Sky Sports radio personality Sean Cosgrove. Welcome to the bucket list. G'day, G'day, Beefy. How are you? Very good. Thank you, sir. Now, we just finished spring racing, Colonel. And because I have been traipsing around the world and I've been in Costa Rica, Guatemala, and Mexico, I had to add that in, I missed the whole event. So, can you fill me I in, know. guys? You missed out on, on a lot of fun. Um, great racing. Beefy, there was some spectacular racing all the way through. And not only here in Victoria, what stirred things up was the fact that in New South Wales, there was great racing as well. And for a period of probably about eight or nine weeks, they had a million dollar race on every weekend up there. So that sort of stirred the pigeons up a little bit because um, everyone saw it as a challenge to the traditional spring racing carnival here in Melbourne. Uh, the bottom line is we're divided opinions was when they're competing on the same day, where do the jockeys go? The only ones who complained really were the jockeys because the trainers don't mind. They can send the horses wherever. So it doesn't worry them. Owners are wrapped. They can go wherever. It's the only ones they split with the jockeys because they can't ride in two places at the one time. I mean, the prize running in Australia is just amazing at the moment when you get races worth, you know, 10, 12, 14 million dollars. Because in New Zealand, they race over there like England for a blue ribbon and a ham. They get nothing. Two eights or two bob, you know. That's from what it's like back home. Yeah. Sean, talk us through now this Everest versus the Derby or the Melbourne Cup. Everyone's fighting for the same slice of pie, and there's quite a lot of pie to go around. But, uh, I mean, who's really winning this battle? The Everest and the Melbourne Cup, they don't compete as far as I'm concerned because one's over 3,200 and the other's over 1,200. So the Melbourne Cup attracts the greatest stayers from around the world. 
the Everest, they're trying to attack the greatest sprinters from around the world. I think it just promotes racing worldwide, how good Australia is and how good the prize money is. The jewel in the crown has always been the Melbourne Cup. That's the one race. It's the holy grail, the one you want to win, and has always been the, the richest race in Australia. The Everest has come along, 1,200 metres worth about you know, $12, $14 million, that sort of thing, and that's stirred things up a little bit. But what it's done, it's focused interest on Australian racing from worldwide, and that can only do good because it benefits and that it, it ups the value of our horses and the tourism, the people who come to Australia, you know, the Melbourne Cup's worth so many millions in tourism, people with clothing, accommodation, going out, dining, drinking, eating, having a good time, and the Everest will do the same. And mm. I think that sometimes people don't look at it in that way. Are we going to get to a stage where in Sydney they're going to run a four-day carnival over a week as well with the Everest as their, uh, as their focus? Would that really rival and rile the uh, the Melbourne public as well? I don't think they'd even be interested in doing it, to be honest. Beefy, it's one of those things you look and think, the Melbourne Cup carnival's been set in stone. It's always been the first Tuesday in November, then the you know, Derby Day, Saturday, Cup, Tuesday, Oaks, Thursday, and, and that's just tradition. It's like Royal Ascot. You know, the days are there, and you go along and you know. And I think Sydney, I don't think they want to do that. I think they're just looking at having great racing and great prize money. There are a lot of foreign horses coming in. Does that affect us negatively? Have we got less chance of winning, or does it actually just bring up the competition? Well, look, it probably does affect us in that they're very good horses, but my attitude is, if you're not good enough, bad luck. You know, and we've always avoided breeding stays. Prior to these internationals coming in, fair income, some of the things that went around the Melbourne Cup, they wouldn't even get a sniff now. I mean, you used to look at the Melbourne Cup, and I always said to people, this was years ago before the internationals, everyone say, Melbourne Cup, oh, I have 24, they all got a chance of winning. Realistically, if you took the words the Melbourne Cup away from the top and just said 3,200 metre handicap, you go, five of these have got a chance, and the rest, you, you could give them a lap start and they wouldn't win. But now what's happened is the internationals have arrived, so we've got to lift our game. This year we did, Val and Declare was good enough to beat them, and that's fantastic. But we've got so slack, not breeding stayers. Now all of a sudden when the others come in and they're better than us, we should take our dummy and want to throw it in the corner. My attitude is if you're not good enough, you know, or you know what, have a crack, don't whinge. All right, Sean, I'm going to put your question without notice. This is the bucket list. I'm going to get you to rank the top five bucket list horse racing events. Obviously, you've got Melbourne Cup, the Everest, Dubai World Cup, Kentucky Derby, uh, Ascot, the Grand National, Arc de Triomphe. What's your top five in terms of bucket list events? All right, I have been to the Melbourne Cup, obviously, and being an Aussie, that's one. I have been lucky to go to uh, Aintree and saw the Grand National of the year. Seagram won it. And I've got to tell you, just a quick aside, you couldn't believe sponsorship opportunities going begging. There was a horse in the race called Seagram. It was sponsored by Seagram Gin. It was, yeah. And they were, they were offered the horse to buy, and they go, nah, we don't want it. It got <laughs> up and won their own race. Yeah. So there too, but I've already been there. Next, I think, would be the Arc de Triomphe. I would love that. I'm a mad francophile. I've been there eight times. I love France. So I'd love to go to an Arc de Triomphe. Four and five be English Derby, Kentucky Derby. They'd be the others. Nice. That'd be my top five on the bucket list. I've got a confession to make, Sean, because I was away during Melbourne Cup. I don't even know who won. <laughs> That doesn't matter. We won't tell anyone. Who won? <laughs> Vow and declare. There you go. Vow and declare. Where, where Australian, was, mate. It was Australian. It was an Aussie horse, eh? It was. Yeah, Aussie horse, Aussie trainer, Aussie jock, see? Bonza. Well, if we want to have a go, we can do it. Yeah. All right, Sean, we've got to wind it up. Hopefully, you'll have a great weekend on the punt and a great day's racing ahead. All the best. Thanks for joining us. Terrific. Good on you guys in the bucket list. Sean Cosgrove from Sky Sports Radio. Di, if you want to go on a sports tour experience, who are you going to choose? Sportsnet Holidays Beefy, Australia's number one provider of sports travel. They offer travel packages and tours to over 50 of the world's biggest sporting events. Sportsnet takes the stress out of organising travel to those bucket list events. So whether it's the Australian Open Tennis or the Isle of Man TT, Sportsnet will ensure you have the adventure of a lifetime. Make sure if you're going on a holiday to a sporting event, go through Sportsnet Holidays. Give them a call on one 300 
Sportsnetholidays.com Turn that dream sport trip into a reality. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. It's a bucket list down this morning. We are chatting to Lee Gordon. He is the general manager of O'Brien Icehouse. Thanks for joining us. No problem at all. Good to talk to you. Now, Lee, the O'Brien Icehouse is the busiest place in Melbourne. You've got ice hockey. You've got curling. You've got beach skating, figure skating. There is so much going on there, not to mention the old uh, free skate that Diana loves on a Saturday night. I'll see her going backwards and doing <laughs> twirls and everything. You must be just torn to bits, you know, what you need to put on next to get more people in. Yes, no, we, we're always running from one thing to the next. We've got two Olympic-sized ice rinks here, so we can cater for everyone. So we might have an ice hockey game on, on our rink one and might have, you know, a thousand people watching the ice hockey um, and we'll have a thousand skaters on our other rink enjoying the ice and falling over and, and having fun. Yeah, now in the road to Christmas, what what have you got going on? You must have some special Christmas promotions. Well, we do. We've got, uh, coming up over a couple of weekends in December, we've actually got a skate with Santa activity, so we'll have Santa on the ice with a chaperone, and the kids can come along and skate around on the ice with Santa, and uh, they can also get their photo taken with him as well, but yeah, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Now, I'm very keen to learn to curl. I've seen curling all over the world, and I know you guys have come and try nights, and there's um, corporate events and stuff like that. As you said, we actually do have a a come and try curling night on a Monday where people can come down and, and give it a go. They're fairly hardcore bunch curlers down here and they have a lot of fun. It's a really good sport to watch actually, watching the, the stone go along. So we've got some markings on our public skating rink. As I said, on a Monday night, we'll close that down and, and let the curlers have a go. We've also got one of our Olympians who comes down quite often, a guy called Dean Hewitt and he'll be representing Australia in curling at the next Winter Olympics. Yeah, well, um, Dean's dad, Steve, and his mum, I mean, they're ex-Canadians. I think they've also represented Australia at Olympics and World Championships as well. No, he's a great guy, Dean. He actually uh, helps us train uh, curlers down here as well. Now, I think you're also hosting the Australian Figure Skating Championships coming up shortly. We are. So that's actually commencing at the venue tomorrow. But we've got over 700 skaters from around Australia and then there's also visitors from New Zealand, Hong Kong and USA. And they're actually competing in a number of disciplines over the week. We've got synchronised skating and then next week we'll have all the pairs and the singles and dance routines. Uh, it only happens once a year and it's a major coup for Melbourne to have all these skaters come in and, yeah, try and impress the judges and, and potentially represent Australia internationally. Lee, I've got to ask you a question. As a general manager of O'Brien Icehouse, what's your skating like? Not that great. Neither's no, mine. I'm actually, <laughs> no, I've only been here for a year and i only been on the ice a couple of times, but yeah, it's still a lot of fun. And have you, are, you, are they trying to get you to try out some ice hockey? Are they going to slam you into the boards at any time soon? Yes, the, the um, we've got a, a a hockey academy here and we've got one of our um, Australian ice hockey representatives Matt Armstrong he's been trying to get me on the ice and he'll succeed at some point <laughs> Do you ever get to ride the Zamboni for a bit of fun? Yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and they're training me up on using that at the moment as well <laughs> uh, trying to be a very general manager All hands on deck Now Lee our show's called The Bucket List what other sporting events around the world would you be desperate to go and see? I, I've always wanted to see a, um, a, a test in the West Indies I think that that's something on my bucket list yeah hopefully get there one day Now if people want to find out more information about all the events and everything going on at the ISS. How do they find out more? The best way is go straight to our website and that actually gives them all the information. We're actually open for public skating 364 days a year, so we're only closed Christmas Day, um, but it also has all the information about the events that we're running. So when we're running uh, the uh, Australian Ice Hockey League
League games, they can actually get the information about those. Curling, as you mentioned, and so that's um, O'BrienIceHouse.com.au. And of course, you can go and take the kids and meet Santa on the ice as well, which could be a lot of fun for Christmas too. Absolutely. I just wanted to get uh, one plug in too. We're actually looking at having the Australian Ice Hockey team play two exhibition games in February next year, um, and they haven't played in, in Melbourne for about eight years, so something to look out for on the calendar as well. Oh, that's fantastic news. I'm a massive ice hockey fan. I get down the ice house to see the ice and the Mustangs play regularly, so if we can get Australia playing, that will be absolutely awesome. Well, Lee, please keep in contact with us and let us know what is going on at O'Brien Ice House. I certainly will. That's Lee Gordon, the general manager for O'Brien Ice House on the bucket list. Got to say, B, if you have been skating at O'Brien Ice House, I'm a terrible skater. That, oh, yeah? that ice is so clear, it looks like glass. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. Wouldn't I haven't f- been ice skating for a long time. Last time I went, fell over quite a lot, got very wet. It really hurts when you fall, doesn't it? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's it, like, like concrete. Yeah, but I'm just saying, especially at O'Brien, because it's so kicky, it's yeah. really, really super hard. And uh, they also had, it was a bit of a one-off, they had bumper cars on the ice as well. Apparently so, yeah. I mean, there's loads of, th- loads of things going on in the ice house. It's, it is really such a busy place. But uh, if you're into your fig- figure skating, and I'll tell you what's happening this Saturday and Sunday is the Synchro Teams figure skating. So like 10 skaters on the ice all doing routines oh. at the same time. So Saturday and Sunday is the synchro area of the Australian Figure Skating Championship. So get down to O'Brien Ice House this weekend. Do they do the Iron Lotus? I'm sure they do. <laughs> this is from Blades of Glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got about nine days coming up and counting down, though, Beefy, to the President's Cup. Oh, the golf. Yeah, Tiger and his boys. That's going to be huge. This is the first time Tiger's been back to Melbourne since the incident. Mm, we, yeah. do, we do love um, a, a, a sinner who's actually asked for forgiveness, though, don't we? Has he asked for forgiveness? Australians? Not sure. You know, we like yeah. them when they're back. He's a massive drawcard. He's the best there probably there ever was and possibly there ever will be because uh, just the nature of golf. I mean, the thing is, President's Cup, there are a lot of top players. There'll probably be 40,000 people a day. Yeah. 25,000 plus will be watching Tiger play. Then why do they name it the President's Cup? Has this got something to do with um, Donald Trump? Or? Uh, no, it's been going a lot longer than that. I actually don't know why it's called the President's Cup, by the way. Perhaps it was George Bush decided he wanted a golf tournament. That is one thing I'm going to find out. But uh, also, on top of that, I wonder if um, Donald Trump's going to be coming down for this one. I wouldn't have thought so. He does love his golf, though, doesn't he? It is the President's I Cup. I read this article that uh, all these people he's played golf with Donald Trump, every single one of them call him the biggest cheat of all time. Well, does he win? <laughs> He's the president. They let him they win. They could call him out, you know. Yeah, but apparently he moves his ball around and he, you know, he'll take a five or a six and say it was a four. Yeah, golf is very, very trendy in America. Uh, apparently even uh, Alice Cooper, he's a huge golf fan. Really? Alice yeah. Cooper? You wouldn't have booked that, would you? He's just announced the Tour of Australia coming up soon, I think, Alice Cooper. Be interesting. Yeah. Have you ever seen him live? No. Does he still use the sta- snakes on stage like he used to in the old days? I don't know, but I always get him and Ozzy Osbourne mixed up because they do look a bit similar, very different. Yeah, one wears makeup though. Oh, actually, Ozzy used to. Ozzy used to. I don't think Ozzy. Ozzy used to bite the bat, the head off a bat or something. <laughs> the old. It was a meeting. Yeah. A meeting. Yeah, there was a meeting. Yeah, with a record company, and there was. A, they thought they would bring some bats in there because he was the you know the prince of darkness, and this bat was flying around, and he grabbed it out of midair and he bit the head off it because he allegedly thought it was a rubber bat. He thought it was fake, and he did. He was doing it for effect, and he didn't realize it was real. <laughs> I always thought it was on stage. It's amazing. No, no, it was in a meeting. It was in a record meeting, yeah. Now, the thing I love about today is we've got the bull riding going on. Yes. That's got to be a whole lot of fun. Where's that down at? Uh, Melbourne Arena, the old High Sense Arena next to Rod Laver, I believe. So you said that they only last about six seconds? Eight seconds is the goal. 
That can't be that exciting to watch. Oh, it is exciting. Have you done it? No, I'll break me back. I've been to, because I lived in Texas, obviously, for a while, so I went to quite a few rodeos over there. Uh, it is it is spectacular, but some of these people, they get kicked and they get thrown off and the didn't, bulls really go you for did, them. You didn't do the mechanical bull at the park? Oh, I've done that loads of what times. What is that like? I'd do that. It's fine. Do you fall off? Yep. That's the idea. Do you get injured now? I'm still here, though. I'm still here to tell the story. Are all these people drunk who are doing mechanical bull riding at the pub? You need to be. Yeah. Di, I believe you're going to a wedding. Enjoy. Thank you. Sports biggest moments. Call play by play from around the world. Right here on SEN Plus. Hey there, Beefy. Hey, Rob. Do you have nothing to do all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've got nothing to do all the time, Rob. Well, guess what? I've found something that you can do with your nothing time. (laughs) What's that, Rob? Listen to a great podcast called 365 Days of Sport. Right. It stars you and me. Oh, wow. So, other people can listen to it besides the people who are on it. Yeah. If you want. Get it wherever you get your podcast from. We're on Spotify too. 365 Days of Sport. It's the podcast you never knew you wanted to listen to.